This episode of Actors with Issues is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, visit audibletrial.com actors. Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala, coming to you all finally from New York City. We are back in Brooklyn, and we are ready to make some more awesome podcast episodes for you all. This week, we are joined by actor Mickey Dolan, who you may know as Gary from the Netflix original series Daybreak, a teen comedy about a group of high schoolers trying to survive after bombs fell across the country that turned all of the adults into ghoulies. Mickey chats with us about growing up in an artistic family, dealing with imposter syndrome, and his experience working on eight episodes of Netflix's Daybreak. Please enjoy this conversation with Mickey Dolan. Mickey, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Juan. I'm really excited. Awesome, man. Uh, So how is uh, coronavirus quarantine and all that stuff treating you? You know, uh... I'm just, you know, taking it day by day. You know, I feel like we're all, we all got to be patient with ourselves during these times. Uh, Cause I mean, I've never dealt with this before. So <laughs> yeah, I hope you're staying safe and healthy also. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, not, not too shabby. Uh, you know, I just finally got back to New York myself. Uh, I was out in Connecticut with some family since late March, basically since my, uh, my day job at the gym when gyms closed, I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. All right. And New York, New York got hit pretty bad, right? Are you in the yeah. city? Uh, yeah, I'm in Brooklyn right now. Nice. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, it was kind of scary. So I just figured, let me go stay with family instead of cooping myself up in my closet sized apartment. <laughs> uh, as we all know, the square footage of New York is uh, microscopic. Uh, so you're currently based in uh, New Mexico, correct? Yeah, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Gotcha. I've been here for uh, seven years. Okay. And where were you before that? I was in Chicago. Um, and my family, we decided to move out here. My dad's a painter, an artist. Um, and Santa Fe, New Mexico is, well, the art here is pretty, pretty big. And uh, he decided to take the leap, moved off. The entire family out here and they all left and I'm here by myself actually my dad he moved away to Colorado but he moved back to Albuquerque just last year so gotcha. I got some family near me now yeah <laughs> uh and you know before um you said you were in Chicago beforehand and you know it's funny you're one of the few guests that I've had on the show that comes from a family of artists and some sense because you know i come from a working class immigrant family and you know there are carpenters and cooks and and a lot of other people um you know it's just pretty rare to have to hear of an actor who is coming from a family that's involved in the arts already um were you Uh encouraged growing up to pursue a career in the arts or did he sort of just let you like you know fly and and do your thing yeah they let me fly and do my thing i was doing band for for pretty long time probably five years or so Mm -hmm. I was doing percussion and um you know I would do plays on the side here and there school plays and um I enjoyed both of them and actually when we moved to New Mexico my parents were like all right like 
you can choose if you want to take drumming lessons or acting lessons. Mm -hmm. And I decided to do acting lessons. And the truth is because uh, it was just my sister and I, because my other sister, she was in college and my brother, he was out of college and doing his own thing with life. Um, and I was like, I have no one here. If she's doing the acting class. I'm doing the acting class too because she's all I got. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just um, did those classes, and, yeah, they were very supportive throughout childhood, and they're still very supportive, which I appreciate so much. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, that's sort of the, um, that's very much the splitting issue with a lot of actors is whether they have the support or not, and and when you don't, it's, you know, it can be a bit soul-crushing to not Mm -hmm. have people support and understand, uh, that you want to create and um and entertain because you know sure there are people especially from our and from your generation that sort of seek fame and the fortune of it yet like Uh that's just a side of or you know like a byproduct of of making art um exactly you know and it's uh it's just really interesting to to hear that and you know really encouraging to any of our young listeners um i certainly hope that you know as crushing as it can be for your family not to support you or to not understand, um, you, 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 you'll be just fine, uh, you know, going yeah. for it without their support because it did take a very long time for me personally to, um, to get my, my family support. Cause again, you know, working class immigrant family, they're like, you want to go into this huge gamble of a career. Right. Right. Doing what is safe and what works and what will pay the bills. But you know, it's just it's a interesting um perspective to get and um especially with with your sister involved you said it was your sister correct yeah yeah with her sort of in, involved as well and and your and your dad and is your mom involved in the arts as well yeah well my mom she's like she makes a bunch of collages she mm. knits she sings she used to be a a cantor at okay. church um and uh so that's kind of her thing. And she would teach um, drama class at my old school. It's kind of a small school. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a, just a pass fail class, like not really anything serious. So she could get away with it, even though she, she knew some stuff, but she wasn't like trained to teach drama. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. My family, I'm very grateful for their support and I am glad that your family is supporting you now too. It wasn't until I got my first uh, semblance of a paycheck from my <laughs> job that they were like, oh, okay, okay. He, all right. And it was for this, like uh, for there's a local theater in Connecticut that uh, does a lot of children's theater on the weekend. Um, for like you know young audiences to come see and they did Annie and they pay oh, okay adult, they do they pay their adult performers because they understand you know they're taking their whole weekend off to do the show um, and then eventually when I booked my first commercial I my dad was in it with me because they wanted a real father's pairings oh okay it was for a sprint commercial so they and I was like you know I just submitted without even telling him uh it was before i had uh, an agent and um yeah they were looking for real father-son pairings for a father's day 
spot. Wow, that is pretty amazing. And he got his check, and you know, it's a commercial, you know, and from a major company. So yeah, uh, you know, he was like, okay, all right. So if you do a couple of these commercials, you know, a year, then you know, you'll you'll be all right. And I'm like, (laughs) now do you see? You needed a check in front of you to. (laughs) It's real, Dad. It's real. Uh, so eventually you went over to, um, to Cal arts in, I'm assuming that's in California. I'm assuming that's what Cal means, correct? Yeah. Uh, it's the California Institute of the art or for the arts. Ah, I forgot which one, but, um, it's in Valencia, California. It's probably 40 minutes outside of LA or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it started by Walt Disney, um, uh, you know, Don Cheadle, who else? I don't even know who else went there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I went there for a semester. Um, it was my dream school. I was so excited to be there, but, uh, you know, college expensive, yeah. you know, I don't really want to be $80,000 in debt oh. right now. So. Yeah. And was this <laughs> I, before uh, or after you did daybreak? This was before this was about, uh, a year before okay. I booked Daybreak. Gotcha. So, you know, things worked out. Yeah, not, things worked not out. Not everyone <laughs> needs their BFA in drama or their MFA in theater. Um, right, right. Which is funny. It's something that I talk about on the show a lot is the importance of acting, uh, of, uh, of training, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. But, you know, even in your case, you, you know, had this um, sort of basis of training and grew up in an artistic family beforehand. So you got your experience um, but that's something that I very much sort of promote a lot, not any specific place, just cause I don't want to uh-huh. come off like I'm selling anything. Um, <laughs> you know, buy this package for two ninety nine. <laughs> but I um, actually hmm? also went to, uh, an arts high school. I went to an arts high school for two years. So that was pretty nice to have that on my resume too, and yeah. have that training. Um, did you get any on-camera training while you were there? Or was it mostly theater? It was mostly theater. There was one uh, on-camera class. And that's actually where I fell in love with film because mm-hmm. it's something that I'd never done before. And so, you know, I'd make stupid skits and post them on YouTube and stuff when I was a kid. But, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, you can actually make some pretty sweet stuff on film. Um, so I feel like after taking that class, I was like, all right, you know, let's take this, uh, let's take this serious. I looked up some agents in the area, um, casting directors, found some classes that casting directors were having and took those actually with my dad too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just trying to network, trying to keep up the training, um, even yeah. after Cal Arts. Yeah, I mean, that's, that really is super essential and um, very crucial, especially, you know, we hear all the time that this business is about who you know. And, you know, if you don't know anybody, then taking those classes and workshops with casting directors helps sort of establish, um, even if it's just sort of the, the seed of a relationship with them mm-hmm. um, and sort of get on their radar. I am, you know, I'm, 20 i just turned 27 i'm in new york i've been working and officially working in the industry for about four years now and i'm still constantly taking workshops and stuff because you know i'm only just now getting 
reps that um can sort of help help me get in the room for for the bigger stuff um nice. you know and uh and yeah that's i just think that's super important um you know i don't want to sound like a broken record to whoever's listening but you know uh, just sort of there's so many resources out there and for us to not take advantage of them uh come it's very just it's silly you know with all these things yeah here, and then you know you're years and years and years without a rep and it's like well why did it take so long there's all these different resources you know even agents managers will have workshops because they're constantly looking for new for new clients um you know right they make their income off of the actors so they want good actors so get in front of them <laughs> exactly and i can't imagine like i have no idea how it is in new york i'm sure it's completely different than in new mexico so i'm sure it's like i mean the market's bigger and it's a lot more competitive so props to you thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would definitely say that the most cutthroat is um, definitely LA just because there's way more film and TV out mm -hmm. there. There is a lot of television being done in New York, but there's also, um, you know, Broadway's out here as well and a ton of off-Broadway shows. So there's a lot of theater. Um, uh -huh. Pre-COVID, there was a lot of theater. Um, but they just theater, shut down Broadway for yeah, like until all of 2021, right? For the rest of 2020, I and I think it's predicted to open back up again in January, but some people oh, okay. that I know who have worked on Broadway or who are, you know, uh, theatrical agents or, or managers have said they're estimating it's going to go into the spring. It's, it's a, a crazy time, and I feel like um, theater and, and film especially, um, because of the same situation with movie theaters, is suffering the most all of these multi-million dollar movies are sort of being postponed time and time again or being put on uh -huh. video on demand trying to make some bit of their budget back um but yeah it's it's a crazy world right now to uh um, yeah to be an artist but at the same time people are consuming art at an all-time high because everyone's just right home, not being able to go to work they're watching netflix watching tv you know, God forbid, like the Wi-Fi goes out and then no one's able to stream anything or watch TV or they'd go insane. That's when the riots would really start around. The whole yeah, it would be uh, absolute chaos. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so speaking of Netflix, um, so as I mentioned before, uh, Mickey was on the Netflix original series Daybreak, um, which I loved and thoroughly enjoyed. That was such a great show. Um, you guys <laughs> Thanks, have a killer man. cast. Um, you know, some very known faces, and but a lot of um, folks who were, you know, fairly not new to the industry, but who we hadn't seen at that capacity. Um, so, you know, what was your sort of audition process like um, for the show? And uh, what was your experience like on set? Well, I just signed with my agent probably in June. And it was actually my first audition with this agent, mm. um, the O agency that's based in Albuquerque. Uh, and, you know, just got the breakdown, got the sides. It was actually for uh, if, you know, you, I mean, you said you've seen the show and mm. if listeners have seen the show. It, it was for uh, the golf team captain, Terry. Yeah. And so I auditioned for that, you know regular whatever did my thing left the room forgot about it 
and one should <laughs> yeah as one should <laughs> and probably a couple maybe a week later uh i got uh they wanted to bring me back for kind of a smaller i think it was a co-star role mm-hmm. um and I was about to go in. It was the day I was supposed to go in for that audition that I got another email from my agent that was like, Ashley, scratch the audition today. They want you to come in tomorrow for uh, a, a different role. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, sweet. And so she sent me the sides and it was like, a, you know, you know, those roles where you go in and it's like, you know, a few lines here and there or one liner or something. Yeah. and. Uh, I get these sides and it's like, Oh, I actually have more than just a few lines. This is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was for the character, Jaden Hoyles, who's the bully in the show. Yeah. Um, and so I do that and you know, it goes by, uh, probably a month. And I remember us having such a terrible day. It was such a bad day. And it was probably 10 o'clock or so, and I get an email saying, you got pinned for the role. Nice. I'm like, I didn't even know what pinned meant. I was like, what does pinned mean? <laughs> so I looked up pinned, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that's kind of exciting. And then soon, uh, I got an email after. She's like, all right, they want to know your availability. Are you available these days? And I was like, yes, I'm available every day. Yeah. Sent another one. What about these times? I'm like, Lynette, I'm 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 ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> and I think the next email she sent was, "You booked it." And I was like, I started crying. I like called my uh my dad and my brother, just my entire family. My girlfriend was there too. I was like, "Oh my god, I booked it." Um and a couple weeks later, I was at Albuquerque Studios and filming and it was just such an incredible experience. Oh, I filmed in Albuquerque. Yeah, we filmed in Albuquerque. Oh, I had no idea. I assumed it filmed. I mean, I know it takes place in LA, but I, fi- I assumed that they also. That's so funny. I, I assumed that they filmed in, in LA. I had no idea that they did in Albuquerque. So they were yeah, you know, I, doing local hires for, for, the, for some of those roles. Yeah, which is like really, I feel like kind of rare. I feel like now New Mexico actors are kind of getting a name. Yeah. And so, you know, they're giving more trust into these actors and not just casting them out of LA and New York and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, yeah we had a bunch so of, much, you know, lead roles or roles of the size of, of yours um, are usually cast out of the major markets. Um, and, you know, it's really cool. It's, um, you know, I don't know if, if you know the term, like sort of booking the room, um, uh-huh. you know, so it's like, it's clear that that's what you did because it's like, well, maybe not this role, but how about this one? So, and, and that's always like best case scenario. Like this role that they came in for wasn't quite right, but there's something else in mind. And that's, and especially when it's a bigger, when it's an even bigger role, um, especially considering um, spoiler alert, the fate of, um, of Terry, um, you know, he was only in a handful of episodes, but you were in the majority of the season. Um, yeah. So it was that ended up working out better for you that they you know went with um uh with casting you as uh, as gary instead yeah it was uh kind of uh incredible i was like oh they like actually want me and they're trying mm-hmm. to find a spot for me and i was like oh okay 
So this is how this works. <laughs> Especially with such a young cast uh, in particular, uh-huh. you know, you and being a local hire was, was definitely um, a bonus that very oh, yeah. much worked in your favor. Yeah, I was very lucky. And I mean, that's what this industry is about. Am I right? Hard work and being lucky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so um, what was your experience like on set? Was this, was this your first like sort of um, major um, role or had, or had you done a few uh, prior to that? Yeah, this was my first, I had done like co-stars before. Um, I was on an episode of an epics show, Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. Has like Chris O'Dowd, Ray Romano, and so I oh, did yeah, that. Oh, for that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was kind of crazy. This is just kind of a side tangent. I had to go in for uh, a reading for that uh, for the episode I was in. I was just expecting it to be local actors, and then Ray Romano walks in, Chris O'Dowd, <laughs> like all these other actors. I was like, oh snap! I think that was like my first like starstruck moment. Yeah. Um, but uh. I did that. Uh, I was in the Sicario sequel. I'm credited as like an actual role, but it was just like a five second spot where they just passed me. Um, but you know, I still, still got paid for that. Still got the residuals for that. Yeah. Um, so you were billed at least as a, as a day player. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that's what matters. That's the check. The residuals. That's what, that's what exactly. Because you know, background <laughs> actors don't get residuals. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Daybreak was my first recurring role, mm-hmm. um, and a guest star spot too. So yeah. I thought that was pretty. Uh, it was definitely new and intimidating, but everybody on that cast and crew are so professional and so fun and. Um, the show is just so fun you've seen and so um it was a really great time i don't know about y'all but i am a sucker for a good candle and it's a huge bonus if it's one that's high quality eco-friendly and still affordable Redondo Road candles are handcrafted 100% natural soy wax candles made from all renewable resources. Their 11-ounce candles burn up to 65 hours and start at $25 with free shipping within the continental U.S. Popular scents include teakwood, grapefruit and mint, sea salt and orchid, and Caribbean breeze. For more information, visit RedondoRoad.com. That's R-E-D-O-N-D-O Road.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Was were there any lessons that you learned like on set since this was your first sort of like semi regular uh, role? Um, you know, hmm. I feel like every experience, every booking, whether it's like this three person short film or a prime time TV co star or something, you learn something different or or you realize you know have this sort of like little epiphany. But was there anything that um, that comes to mind when thinking about your experience on Daybreak? 
Well, I definitely got a glimpse of the business more so than what I had before, uh, which is really cool. Um, and actually, uh, this is going to sound so weird, but it was like the day that Matthew Broderick was on set and I was like, oh my God, I like got to go. I want to meet Matthew. Everybody was super stressed and like the entire dynamic of like the crew changed. I was like, oh, okay, this is like getting serious. And they're like, all right, he's in the hair trailer. If you want to go say hi, go introduce yourself. I was like, okay, like I want to go meet him. So, um, uh, Alan, John, and I, uh, Alan and John, they play Larry and Barry yeah. in the show. Hey, that's so funny to me, that whole running gag with the names. <laughs> it's so good. It's a little confusing so at good. first because you're like, wait, who's who? Who? Larry, <laughs> Barry, Jerry. You're like, okay. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Aaron, the writer, he's a genius. <laughs> um, so we all, we all sneak into the trailer like we're going to take our makeup off and we're like oh yeah we're all cool like whatever matthew broderick is sitting uh, right across from us like whatever and you know growing up in chicago and seeing Fer- ferris bueller like yeah right in front of me i'm like oh my god uh <laughs> i introduced myself like inter- interaction was really quick mm. and i was like oh that's interesting like, i didn't know what to expect but mm. I think a big thing that I took away is that, you know, someone, um, they're all big actors. They're just people, you know? And so I feel like that was a big thing I took away. Um, I was kind of trying to eavesdrop into the conversation. Just, uh, I mean, when can you get a chance to just right. hear and see someone off screen that you've seen on, on screen your entire life? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that was a big thing I took away. Just like we're all there to do a job. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's definitely uh, one thing. And it's such a weird business mm. because there's so much that you can't control. Um, and just kind of talking after like aired and stuff, we all had this idea of, Daybreak being this, uh, like, we're like, oh, this is like going to be the next Stranger Things. Like, we're going to get this hit. Like, um, and unfortunately, we were canceled. So it really taught me that this business doesn't promise you anything. And like, there's so many uncontrolled variables that are out of your hands. For sure. Um, How soon after the premiere did you guys find out you were canceled? It was only, it was crazy. I think it was either a month or two after we aired. So, yeah, they didn't really give the show any time to, you know, settle, but it's okay. I I understand from a business side. Yeah. I can't recall how soon after, like, you know, shows like Stranger Things or like House of Cards or, you know, like those Netflix originals. I can't I, I can't recall for some reason like how long it took for them to renew it but um you know because those shows are such big hits shows like you know Orange is the New Black and, and all these mm-hmm. other shows um that are Netflix originals there's this sort of expectation that's like it has to be a hit and that's the part of the business that sucks because it's like you're holding all of these things to the same standard when it's a different audience like exactly you know it's with 
Stranger Things, it is a bit, it's about kids, but it's also about like parental problems and, you know, Uh can watch it together. It's more of a sort of scary horror while Daybreak had some horror elements, but it was very much more of a comedy. Uh Um, You know, just very different audiences. And I just find it kind of silly that an entity as sort of sophisticated as Netflix can view things so narrowly sometimes. Not to speak ill of them. I hope to work. You're all wonderful. I hope to work for you. (laughs) Me too, Netflix. (laughs) I'm not hating on you. (laughs) Just cast uh, Juan and I in a a (laughs) thing together. You two new leads. Uh, So, you know, working with um, such a young cast and, you know, some of the other projects that you had done were with, you know, more adult cast. Was there sort of a different dynamic um, behind the scenes um, when working with... um, you know a cast that was in their teens and and early 20s well it was it was kind of funny because uh i think i was the third youngest Mm -hmm. and i was uh how old was i i think i was 19 or 20 at the time Mm. so like everybody else was like mid-20s like somewhere 30s early 30s i was like okay but it was so cool because we all we weren't treating each other like, oh, this person is younger than me. They know less than me. But it was more of a collaborative, like, mutual respect kind of thing. Because yeah. I've, I've been in, you know, past plays and such or, I don't know, workshops that, you know, there's, like, people that are older and they, like, think they know more than you and, like, treat you like, oh, you're a young actor. Like, you're so inexperienced but um i think it was kind of cool to have all of us just kind of be equals yeah Um, you know again like you're all there to work you're all in this show together it's not like mm -hmm. um you know there were some characters bigger than others but it very much felt like an ensemble piece yeah Um, especially as the show went on it very much felt like okay so it's about like these people's past relationships before the bombs fell and then um what their lives were like back then and how they've changed now. And it wasn't very, it didn't feel like this is the lead, like, you know, um, you know, Josh very much was like the lead character, but you know, I did, he was very much supported by this much larger cast. Uh-huh. Um, sort of um, like right behind him. And um, yeah, it's, it's always, it's always nice to hear that, you know, actors just treat each other, Again, like we like said before, like human beings, you know, like just like this is my coworker, you know. Yeah, For, right. Forget this. I'm the lead. They're a day player. This is a co-star. That's an extra. It's like, hey, you're all there to work. You all mm-hmm. want to work. You're all making something really cool, and you're getting paid for it pretty nicely. So you know. Yeah, like, we're, we're all like doing our dreams together, and I yeah. thought that was pretty cool too. I was like, ah, oh, this. Yeah, is for cute. sure. I don't think any actor who you know books a role is like oh, this isn't really my passion like yeah <laughs> everyone who's acting wants to do it and got there because they really want to do it um mm-hmm. you know i felt that way working on this is a show i worked on over the past couple of years called blind spot and um i was very much the youngest i mean no, i was a recurring co-star um uh-huh. and i played a lab tech it's an fbi show and um Ooh. you know all of the other leads were like these like experienced grizzled uh you know in their 30s and early 40s um you know 
one of them's an FBI agent, one of them's a CIA, one of them's like, you know, former like terrorists turned FBI. Um, so I very much felt sort of like out of my depth and I had come from mainly uh-huh. a theater background where, you know, you're rehearsing for weeks on end and then your show runs for weeks. So you're with these people for a really long time. But then with the coaster, I was like a day here. Okay. See you in two weeks for another random day. See you in six months next season for another random day. It didn't feel, but you know, despite all of that, all of the actors were super welcoming. Um, literally some of the nicest, funniest people I've gotten to work with, you know, when, when they're changing the setup or whatever, you know, everyone's just like cracking jokes at their chairs and, <laughs> and chatting and snacking. Cause you know, Lord knows what we love to do is eat. Are there any misconceptions that you have found um, occur with actors, whether your age or younger, or maybe older um, that you've sort of found have been debunked um, throughout your years working? I guess, I guess kind of what I was speaking about earlier, just like, even though we are younger actors, uh, we still, you know, expect to be treated equal. And like, Mm. this is a collaborative effort. Like we're making art together and, you know, we're a team, I think is the big thing. Uh, Cause you know what gets on my nerves so much? It's when like another actor directs you. You know, like, if an mm. actor uh, gives me, like, oh, like, this is, like, an interesting suggestion, like, that you might want to try. I'm like, mm. oh, that's, I hadn't thought about that before. But then there's, like, the other side where it's, like, all right, like, you're doing this completely wrong. It's, like, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were the director. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the main thing. Uh, I guess my advice for that is just stand up yourself and know that you're there for a reason and uh don't let anyone take that away yeah for sure i mean you know sometimes i know it's a bit tricky for an actor because you know you have this vision in your head of how your scene's gonna play out Uh uh-huh and um when your scene partner is not matching that or not helping you get there you feel flustered but it's not their job to match you it is an equal collaborative effort where you're matching each other yes i know it's super cliche to say and i hear it so much but like acting is reacting but it's very true it's like you know it's you're so reacting true. to everything that they're saying and doing how your character would so for you to be like for you to try and change what someone's doing so that your reaction is what you wanted like so you're uh-huh. saying your acting is more important than your scene partner like how right this is that like come on <laughs> it, it you know it again it's a very sort of narrow point of view and it could be also a result of how they were trained or what their past experiences have been like if actors haven't stood up for themselves and they're like i have the power to do this all the time to tell people mm-hmm. how to act then they come across someone who's like um i'm gonna do it how i do it because the director hasn't said anything yeah so i'm gonna keep doing it if there's a problem they'll let me know if you have a problem you should let them know you know there's a hierarchy on set for a very for a reason you know yeah i i think that's wise to know too just like there's so many different types of actors so mm-hmm. just be ready for everybody i guess i don't know how you would prepare for that but yeah just keep your mind open uh, i don't yeah. know you know a, a struggle that actors go through a lot is dealing with imposter syndrome 
um, during your process at Daybreak, was there ever a time where you had those doubts where they trickled into your mind and you're like, do I deserve to be here? I am surrounded by all these people and like, do I actually fit in here? Or were you like, were you among the lucky who like felt confident and, and was able to just sort of like, you know, push through and be like, nope, I'm here to do a job. I'm going to do it. You know, I feel like as actors, we always have that kind of self doubt about ourselves. Like I feel like we'll always be the hardest on ourselves. Mm. And so um, my first day there, uh, we had to go to Albuquerque Studios a couple of weeks before shooting because in the first episode, we had to rehearse this fight. So we were doing the fight choreography and stuff. Mm. Um, And I was like, I remember I was so nervous. I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, I don't know where to go. Like, why did they choose me? Just all these things. But once I met, you know, Brad, Aaron, Jeff, like the the creators and Mm -hmm. Colin who plays Josh and the other golf guys, you know, Chester, Terry, Mm -hmm. uh, who plays Terry and then Alan, who's Larry, John, Barry, and then Micah who played Jerry, uh, who's actually another New Mexico actor. Oh, really? Cool. Um, After I met all of those guys, I was like, okay, like I could settle a little bit. Like they chose me for a reason. Like they trust me with their words and their character that they created and their world that they created. So I was like, okay, I feel a little more confident. And then, you know, every time that I would go to set, I would get even more confident. And by episode five and six, I can like, you know, improv stuff like without, being feeling weird about it and just like having a good time and just having fun and so I thought that was pretty cool yeah that's always you know like I said it's sort of an ongoing struggle with a lot of actors and um it that's really great that you sort of eventually found uh found your footing because I know that can be a very long process for a lot of people uh especially Mm -hmm. with filming tv but with you being sort of like a you know a, a recurring guest star um and, and very much working with the same people because it's not like uh, a show like Law and Order where every episode is sort of like it's the same group of detectives but with an entire different guest star and co-star. Cast. Uh-huh. While with your show, you pretty much worked with the same people the whole time. So I'm sure it sort of had that camaraderie of like not just coworkers but sort of like a little family or your buddies. Yeah. You know, um, and that's really important. Um, I, re- I tell every actor whenever they move especially – whether, you know, in my case, I moved an hour and a half from where uh-huh. I was in Connecticut to New York. So I was still able to go see my family frequently. But, you know, some people move from Maine to Los Angeles or, you know, Seattle to New York or something. And something I always tell young actors is definitely find your, you know, build your little village of people that can sort of be like your little therapy group. Uh, they can help you with a self-tape at the last minute if you need it. Um, you can just sort of like, sit down and vent and talk to about the business about your audition and celebrate the victories with I think that's super important is to um for every actor to very much sort of like build and find their little village of people they're like support system you know yeah I like that and eventually I'll make my way to LA or something and I'm going to keep that in mind because I think it is very important 
Uh, this has been such a great conversation, man. Thank you so much again uh, for coming on the show. Thank but you I again. always end uh, the show with a quick rapid fire round, uh, if you would humor me. Uh, so, theater or screen acting? Uh, screen acting. TV or film? TV. Hero or villain? Ooh, uh, hero. <laughs> Uh, drama or comedy? I'm going to go with drama. Yeah, I like doing drama better. Uh, what if, if you've had any, what is the worst survival job that you've had? Uh, oh, God. Probably Domino's delivery driver. Anything in food service is always just... It really awful. is. <laughs> <laughs> or retail. I don't miss my days working at American Eagle. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite accent to do? Hmm. I, I always like kind of fall into this kind of like British kind of thing, but it's not. It's I'm so bad at accents. I'm gonna stop <laughs> embarrassing myself. Uh, what is a book recommendation that you have for a new actor? Ooh, I'm actually reading. Uh, it's it's an autobiography of Brian Cranston, but mm-hmm. he does go into some depth of acting and stuff and it's have it right here brian cranston a life in parts i've heard of it i haven't read it yet actually cody the guy that plays turbo on the show he gave it to me and i was like nice thanks man (laughs) that's awesome yeah uh what is the role that got away i'm gonna say my first it was my first ever audition and I felt like so felt so prepared, excited. I didn't know anything about the business. Mm. They told me to come in costume. So I came in costume and I was like, I killed that audition so bad. I'm going to get that. I'm booking it. It was for this uh, Netflix series called Godless. Mm. F, and uh, I didn't get it. It was a pretty decent role too. <laughs> You know, uh, I always tell people, you know, um, on, again, on the on the actor subreddit, I, you know, if anyone has questions or advice that I can help with, I always am more than happy to help people out. Um, and someone asked, like, how do you deal with, like, the constant rejection? And it's like, you have to look at it like glass half full and just say, not this one, but soon. So what role did you have the most fun playing? Well, definitely Gary. I feel <laughs> like, I mean, that singing scene alone is just like, a blast. <laughs> I need to ask, was that you actually singing? It's not actually me singing, um, but I did sing it and play the piano on the day. Okay. It wasn't good, but I did it. <laughs> hey, method, you gotta go, you know? <laughs> See? Gotta get really, I was like, all right, what did Gary, all his life, Gary played the piano and sang, all right, I'm singing my soul out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as if you got the chance to direct, which actor would you want to direct in, in what genre? Oh my! I actually I took Money's a directing no class <laughs> once. Mm. I don't really like directing, mm. um, but I mean I haven't had too much experience with it. I'm sure along, you know, down the road I probably will again. Mm. But you know. I'd be intimidated, but Brian Cranston's my favorite actor. I feel like I gotta go with Brian Cranston. Yeah, gotcha. Good choice, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and what Thanks. genre would you direct him in? Drama or comedy? 
or a subset? Uh, I think a subset. I feel like he does a good balance of both of those. Mm. Uh, what existing movie franchise do you want to join? Hmm. I know you said rapid fire, but like, um, I guess uh, everything is leaving my mind right now. So uh, I'm just gonna go with uh, uh, um, um, some superhero movie because there's uh, lots of money in that. <laughs> see, I see you easily entering like the Spider-Man uh, universe because it's about like, you know, the younger folks. It's harder think to... So? Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what TV show do you want to join the cast of? Uh, Stranger Things. Uh would be a pretty sweet one and actually i had a little audition for stranger things uh all right <laughs> before coronavirus i'm not expecting anything but yeah mm-hmm. uh, there's a few that uh sadly i'm like i don't know if this one's ever getting made or if they're just gonna hold auditions all over again because lord knows when they get back into production yeah um, so yeah uh okay so we're gonna build a dream project for you so first we're gonna start with what genre so this is again, money is no object. What genre movie do you want to do? Okay. I'm the lead. It's gonna be a drama. And who's your director? Director is Quentin Tarantino. And who is your co-star? And my co-star is I feel so basic. Mm-mm. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Leo. Okay. I love Leo. Good choice. Thank you. All right, and uh, in I wasn't ten... gonna go Brian Cranston again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in ten words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Do it because you love it, not because of money. And that is it for today's episode of Actors with Issues with special guest Mickey Dolan, who you can follow on Instagram at Mickey Dolan Actor and follow us at Actors with Issues. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rate and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday everywhere that podcasts are available. Thanks for tuning in. This is Juan Ayala signing off.